You're really going to strangle the cat on that oh, one. Oh, man. You were hitting some high notes that time. <laughs> you ever taken voice lessons? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It is 17 minutes before the hour. We're pleased to be with Ed Nail, chairman of the Coalition of New Hampshire Taxpayers here in the Granite State. And he joins us every Wednesday morning at this time for a question of voter fraud. Good morning, Ed. CNHT.org, by the way, is where you can learn more about Ed's crusade on voter fraud and so many other things. If you'd like, you just look them up right now. CNHT.org and look under voter fraud news. Voter fraud news. And in front of you will be exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, The documents that we're talking about would be right there, I guess, the newest um, revelation. Revelation? You know, I just just had a revelation. Had a revelation? Yeah. This is all about dishonesty. Ah, okay. Hence you you picked my cheating heart or your cheating heart. That's why you picked it, right? Absolutely. I was, until now, it never really crossed my mind. (laughs) But, you know, we have these two different definitions of domicile and residence that's been a real bone of contention for a long time in New Hampshire. Because those two words mean two entirely different things, they could never possibly be conjoined Mm -hmm. and mean the same thing, but one more specific than the others, like domicile is your is exactly your legal home. Residence, people have different residences, but your legal residence is your domicile. Who could be confused by something like that? Apparently, college students could. So <laughs> we have a court a court case that says because residence and domicile and and uh, you have a, residence would have to get a driver's license within sixty days of voting here. That's all too confusing for college students to absorb that a judge, Judge uh, Screwy Lewis in Stratford County, gave a a ruling that said out-of-state students could keep their out-of-state driver's license and vote here because they're domiciled here and you could have, you know, uh, sorry, yeah, they could have multiple domiciles but only one residence. Right. But the exact opposite, you can have multiple residences but only one domicile. In other 49 states where they would be voting from. <laughs> so I have in front of you is the uh, application for in-state tuition. Ah, application. You, just just read the title tuition. to me there, would you? University of New Hampshire notarized residency statement for New Hampshire residents. Please complete both sections as needed and note required student or parent signatures when appropriate. Lawful resident of the United States affidavit, New Hampshire residency statement. So at the bottom, wherever they have to sign something under mm-hmm. penalty of perjury. Ah, uh, yes. What would it say there? Uh, looking, looking, looking. You must have. Uh, you must complete and have uh, notarized either section A or B below regarding residency. If neither is appropriate, attach notarized statement detailing all the facts upon which you your claim for New Hampshire domicile is based. Oops! If oops! Your oops. claim for New Hampshire domicile. Wait a is minute! Based. Wait, you've tripped Stop over there. a fancy word there. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be using. Residence and domicile in the same document to get oh. in-state tuition. Mm. You keep going, Rich. Pick any if, spot. If you are claiming New Hampshire domicile but are not currently living in the state, be certain be certain to explain the circumstances that require you to live elsewhere. Payment of property and or residency taxes does not constitute the basis for a legal a claim of legal domicile. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're already here paying taxes and you're a student, they say you can vote here because you're paying taxes here. That's not what it says on this form. Mm. The, the residency form for domicile in New Hampshire. For UNH, Plymouth State College, Keene State College, and Community Colleges. All colleges in the state of New Hampshire, state colleges, mm-hmm. have to fill out this form 
created by the college, you know, the college itself under uh, Gelcar. It's RSA 187A is the chapter of law that gave the colleges the right to come up with this form. Now, these college people that come up, the trustees of the colleges, mm-hmm. they come up with this form, mm-hmm. all went to college, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. And they had dictionaries, and they had maybe a lawyer help them draft this. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We can, we can investigate that. But what's the name of this, this form where you have to prove your domicile? What's the name of that thing again? Uh, University of New Hampshire Notarized Residency Statement for New Hampshire Residents. Okay. Now, we have a loophole in our laws. It's the difference between residents and domicile is a big loophole. So we let people from other states vote in New Hampshire because of this loophole. I've never seen a loophole. I've challenged anybody to show me a loophole. But if that's the truth, there seems to be a gaping loophole in the in-state and out-of-state tuition process in the state of New Hampshire. Yes. Any student could walk in and say, I do not understand this. You owe me out-of-state tuition for the four years I, I went to college in, in New Hampshire. You right. mean you owe, me, you owe me the difference between yeah. the out-of-state tuition and the in-state yeah. tuition? Pay me back the whole thing. Yeah. You know, Pay me back. Okay. Just have a lawyer call up UNH or call up Plymouth or call up Keene and say, oh, by the way, my son or daughter went to college and had to pay out-of-state residency domicile Mm-hmm. Uh, tuition at a higher rate. E- even though your state says that they can vote in-state because they're residents there. Yeah, and there's a loophole in your residency form, which <laughs> says domicile. So write me a check, or my lawyer will continue this this nonsense. It's nonsense, right? This is a legal document drafted by mm-hmm. attorneys for the, for the state to mm-hmm. use. This is an official <clears> document. <throat> it's required of the, the uh, trustees of the, of the college system under RSA 187.16, actually, it says 187A.16, that's uh, whatever, 19, I guess, adopt rules pursuant to RSA 154A, that's JELCAR, establishing criteria for determining whether students shall be classified as in-state students or out-of-state students for tuition purposes and to delegate the administration of such rules to a subcommittee or agent. Any student in the university system who is aggrieved by a final determination of the Board of Trustees or any subcommittee or agent of the Board denying in-state status or tuition purposes may appeal to the Superior Court. So it looks to me as though any student can appeal to Superior Court his unjustly being charged out-of-state tuition because he's actually domiciled here or residing here. This, that's the question. So right. unless the state, the, the state so can't So you're saying they can use the state statutes on voter registration to uh, go after the uh, state in-state tuition requirements? No problem. And the, the colleges that incur out-of-state students to vote in their schools, they mm-hmm. should readily accept this loophole. Absolutely. In their residency form. Especially if they're going to encourage them to vote the way they do. Yeah. So that's another one of the benefits of being an out-of-state student who's going to college in New Hampshire. First of all, you get to vote here where it counts instead of New Jersey where you're from. And because of the loophole in the New Hampshire State College residency form where it says domicile, you should be entitled to your money back or you should be entitled to in-state tuition because you're allowed to vote here. Or we can all act like adults and there is no loophole. Somebody from out of state who's voting here is stealing your ele- your vote. And when they come in and say, uh, here's my Pennsylvania driver's license. I want to vote here. Okay, fine. You sign a domicile form for the state of New Hampshire. Say, I am domiciled in New Hampshire for this election. You know, sign on the dotted line. And they just take a pair of scissors and cut your Pennsylvania driver's license in half. That would be the easiest way to resolve this. <laughs> but we go on with this charade. Election after election after election. 
I don't. I didn't get a copy of it. I just saw it this morning. It was just released this morning. But Mike Thalen, who's one of the commissioners on Trump's commission for voter for the uh, mm-hmm. voter integrity commission, wrote an article about. I think the title of it is "Why Do College Students Get Extra Rights?" Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I've been saying for I don't know, maybe seventeen years. I can't. I can't vouch for seventeen, but I can certainly say I've heard it a bunch of times here over the last five. Yeah. So one of the one of the commissioners actually stumbled across the same thing I've been arguing for quite some time. And I didn't send him the article. I, I wrote one like that. Um, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're at the crunch time. You should mm-hmm. be calling your representatives, this new AG, you know, your politicians. You know, and, every yeah. every uh, Manchester polling place yesterday had a representative of the AG's office there, and I got to talking to one of them. It would seem that Attorney General McDonald is um, more serious than the other ones. More serious than the other ones, oh. based on some conversations. Was that Kelly I had. Ayotte at any of those? I thought uh, she no, might be interested I, in this. I, I didn't see that, but yeah, apparently, she's off the reservation. apparently, my wife ended up speaking to Bud Fitch. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, isn't that nice? Well, but Bud Fitch was explaining. She asked him about Senate Bill Three, and she asked about the college residences. He's well, there's a court case back in the '70s that says we have to do it this way. And I'm like, son of a gun! That's the one I've been quoting. That's the one you've been Newberger quoting. Newberger versus Peterson. It's See? not the one. I mean, they're mis- they're abusing that. And hopefully, Attorney General McDonald will actually read the damn thing and go to people like Bud Fitch and say, uh, read it and do the right thing. Speaking of reading of things, there's another case that was the started out as the Hannah Rivers case with Judge Screwy Lewis, who's no longer a judge in New Hampshire, and went on to be the Anna Marie Guerre, mm-hmm. the Bangor, Maine resident who sued and successfully won, quote unquote, the right to vote at UNH for UNH. Let's put it that way. Let's talk about it in real terms. She's voting for UNH, not at UNH, on behalf of the Democrat Party. That case there was appealed by the state by a, uh, a bumbling idiot from the AG's office named uh, Steve Labonte. Who I understand is uh, tendered his resignation and will be leaving the AG's office. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yes. So uh, he's, I guess he's tired of being called Steve Lobotomy. Hopefully his reputation will travel with him. But the, uh, I read that case, the Supreme Court case, the appeal. Yeah. Nowhere in that case do they mention the gigantic gaping loophole of Newberger versus Peterson. I read it over and over and over. And at the beginning of the case, Labonte stipulated that domicile, you could have multiple domiciles but only one residence. Yeah. So the Supreme Court in New Hampshire never took up the definition of domicile because they couldn't. Yeah, we have case. We have uh, Albert in. Oh, I'm getting. I'm getting pushback. Lisa Freeman, a state rep and school board member from Ward Five, says there was not anybody from the AG's office at Ward Five. So uh, maybe my information is wrong, but many of the polls I went to had people from the AG there. And we have Albert in Manchester on the line. Good morning, Albert. Yeah, guys, how are you going? I just basically, I, I was working uh, Ward 6 last night, the ballot inspector, and there was somebody from the AG's office there. But I'm just going to comment because as you sit there as a ballot inspector, of course, people like to uh, vent themselves out, whether it was, you know, the move to, from St. Pius to where we went, or yeah. the newest one was the voter fraud stuff. So a lot of the people who were walking up, that was like one of the heavier topics I heard throughout the day was the illegal voters, the illegal voters, you know, so, so the, 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 um, the, uh, community that, uh, the, the gentleman's on is, it's making waves. So hopefully it'll, uh, carry on and hopefully it'll do some good. All right, Albert, we appreciate it. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks, Albert. Tell your friends this now is the time to break the back of this thing. We actually got Bill Gardner to come out and say that the loophole for voting for him is the 1972 case, Newberger versus Peterson. 
and the second to last paragraph, it's a very short federal case. It's very easy to read. It's mm-hmm. only a couple pages. It says that we could no longer, no sooner prevent a, an otherwise qualified, that means a resident domiciled college student, from voting in New Hampshire because he intended to leave upon graduation. Then we could force him to vote in a community which he had long since left and which may no longer even recognize him. So if you have a driver's license from Connecticut, Connecticut still recognizes you as one of their citizens. And that goes for, I don't have to name them all, but the other 49 states. If you have their driver's license and that's what you're using, that's you're still a citizen of their state. That's just, just and it, there are provisions in federal law. U.S. Uh, it's U.S. Code Fifty Two. If you are actually trapped in a position, which would be a very small group of people in any election, where you've just moved from one place to another, and you get to New Jersey or you get to Montana, and they have a let's say a thirty day period that drops off, you can't register to vote thirty days before an election. You can still vote where you came from in a federal election, so you wouldn't lose your opportunity to vote. For in, a, in a federal election because you were in transition from one place to another and missed a deadline. New Hampshire has same-day voter fraud where we allow anybody from anywhere on the planet to walk in, sign a top-secret same-day voter domicile app, affidavit, have their top-secret picture taken, and then have that put into the top-secret state database so I can't see it. And That's I've what ju- we have. And I've just found uh, Newberger versus Peterson online. I gave it to Josh. We will link to it from this archive so that people can read the entire opinion, which, frankly, is not very long, and it ends, We therefore declare that the New Hampshire, uh, that the New Hampshire indefinite intention test offends the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, having full confidence that the state, which has been most cooperative in these proceedings, will take proper steps. We see no present need for an injunction. And they never did. And that's called an indefinite uh, intent, an intent to leave at some point. What do they call it there? Indefinite intention. Indefinite intention. It's not a state of mind of domicile. Bill Gardner calls that a state of mind. Domicile is a state of mind. Mm -hmm. It's where you feel on any given day where you live is your actual domicile. That's not what that is. Right. And, and here's, here's exactly the paragraph. And, uh, we are sensitive to the compelling need to preserve the basic conception of a political community, uh, Dunn versus Blumenstein, but the, ch- but the challenge, uh, but the challenge New Hampshire law forces persons who are in every meaningful sense members of, the, of New Hampshire political communities to vote in communities elsewhere, which they have long departed and with whose affairs they are no longer concerned, if indeed the former community still recognizes the right. I got right. pretty close by memory, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, so that's 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 the money shot. It's the uh, third to the last paragraph of the uh, of the case. And if you like to have Bill decision. Gardner on your radio program again, mm-hmm. uh, he and I could debate this issue. He could explain why that's a state of mind, <laughs> right? So, or why don't we put it the other way? If we're going to determine domicile in the state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. why don't we put it first that you can no longer be recognized by any other state, right, instead of tagging it on the end? There you go. Right off the bat, say if any other state recognizes you for any other means whatsoever, you are not domiciled here. And then go on and describe domicile for New Hampshire. It's very simple. Uh, that would seem to uh, be too simple and easy. And scissors to the driver's license. Scissors to the driver's license. You'll see license. how quickly they want to become New Hampshire citizens if you're going to cut their driver's license in half. Ed Nail, chairman of the Coalition of Hampshire Taxpayers, as always, on top of the issues facing our state when it comes to the integrity of our elections. As always, we appreciate your being with us. CNHT.org. That's CNHT.org. Josh, just hit the station ID.